0: Welcome to Straight Up Dog Talk, a new kind of podcast where no topic is off limits. We're bringing in experts and owners to have the conversations we should be having as a dog community. Each week, a new guest will share firsthand experiences, educational resources, or professional guidance to help you learn and grow along with your dog. You won't get one perspective here, you'll get them all, because every dog is different and every owner is too.
1: You can follow along on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Straight Up Dog Talk or by visiting www.straightupdogtalk.com. Tune in from any of your favorite podcast platforms.
0: Welcome to Straight Up Dog Talk. I'm Em, and tonight for our first guest, we have our producer, Josh.
1: Hi, how's it going?
0: Pretty good. Are you ready for this?
1: Yeah, yeah. We've, uh, you know, we've been putting in the work and getting it ready, and now it's time to actually put our money where our mouth is.
0: Yeah, I'm really, really excited for this. I have been just planning and making spreadsheets and lining up the schedules. It's really been kind of a chaotic disaster, but it's been a lot of fun.
1: Well, to start out, why don't we start with, why should people listen to you?
0: (laughs) Because this is the podcast that... I have searched for and not been able to find. I have combed through every single dog podcast that is possible (laughs) to be found on the internet. And I haven't found anything like this. Um, My background as a vet tech really drives me to educate owners and help provide resources for people. And I think that a podcast is a really effective way to do that and can make great communication to others
1: yeah can attest uh you've helped me out with three dogs now that i've had
0: yeah you know i was thinking about this last night and between the two of us in the last 10 years since i moved back to iowa yes it's been 10 years
1: i know i've been with jen for (laughs) two
0: years isn't that so crazy (laughs) um six dogs between the two of us yep I mean, you're on three and I have two and three. So it's been kind of a wild ride, but something about that first dog changes you so much. And then you stumble across another dog in your path, and it's almost like getting that first dog all over again. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm at with Fitz. And Cajun was the dog that spurred me into the veterinary medicine field. And now I have Fitz, who's spurring me back into educating owners and helping provide A place for people to reach out and ask questions to find stories that they can relate to and a place that they feel like they're welcome and understood and not being judged because they don't know how to provide the correct enrichment training or whatever it is for their dog.
1: I mean that's that's why I'm Producing this podcast and, and uh, co-hosting uh, with you is, um, I mean, I kind of did trial by fire. My, my first dog was Oliver, who was, uh, he was three when I got him, but he was a rescue from a puppy mill. He was a stud dog. Um, and, uh, I mean, I, I made all sorts of mistakes, you know, uh, not knowing what I was supposed to do with this animal, Uh, that needed extra attention, needed extra love, needed uh, a set schedule uh, of people that could come over to the house. He didn't eat for the first three days, um, you know, and and I had no resources really, uh, you know, I don't think you had quite moved back yet. And so uh, what do you do? And this is the type of resource that would be fantastic for something like that because, You know, you have the want to give everything to a dog. But, I mean, I I still don't know what my dog Artemis wants day to day. You know, she'll (laughs) stare at me for an hour, uh, you know, and want something. But I have no idea what it is that she wants.
0: It's (laughs) funny because that's another, you made that point about, you know, the mistakes with Oliver and not knowing what your dog needs and all that kind of stuff. And that's just something that like, I want to point out, too, again, is that this is a place where people will not be shamed or feel shame about things that have happened to them. I mean, with Oliver, you rescued him from a puppy mill situation where he was a stud dog, where he was kept in a crate, and he formed behaviors that you had absolutely no control over. Now, could you have found a trainer that could have potentially helped you? Maybe, but that's the problem. Did I have
1: the money for that sort of trainer? Absolutely not. Well, and
0: that's the other thing. It's it's expensive, and there are multiple ways to go about this. I mean, that's what this this podcast is all about. I mean, we're going to have virtual trainers. We're going to have access to people that here in Iowa, we don't have access to. Mm -hmm. And to be able to come up with new and creative ways to help owners, like, virtual training, I mean, come on, definitely happened probably during the pandemic as a way for people to continue doing what they were doing. But how amazing and how convenient for people to be able to work from the comfort of their own home, especially with dogs like Artie who are reactive, Mm -hmm. who don't like a change of environment and wants to know that they're in a safe space. I mean, Fitz is the same way. If I could have had virtual training, which I probably will do, and we're going to have a couple gals come on who do it, I'm sure that we're going to do that this winter just for enrichment.
1: Right. Well, especially during the winter months here where it's negative 10, negative 20 outside. You don't want to load up the dog and do all of that. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Well, plus, I mean, I will fully admit I'm kind of lazy. (laughs) Like, you know, I want to give Artie... As much as I possibly can. But at the same time, if she's happy hanging out on the couch, I'm happy hanging out on the couch.
0: I mean, and you're in that respect, we have two totally different dogs. I have I have Toby, who is like Artie, the, the total couch potato, wants to be at home, doesn't care if he's sitting with you or if he's sitting by you. As long as you're around, that's cool. And then I have Fitz, who's in my face all the time, constantly busy, over-energized. We just recently got a Fi Collar, which is that GPS tracking collar. Mm. It's like a Fitbit for dogs. Okay. We're averaging between thirty and 40,000 steps, and we're talking fall nights. If we were talking summer, I bet we'd easily be between 50,000 and 60,000 steps, just playing fetch in the backyard. So imagine what the winter's going to do to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) This is why, you know, like I said, we want to provide resources for people because... When there's a foot of snow on the ground, and it's negative 10 degrees, and it's windy as all get out, you can't just hope that your dog's going to be okay with chilling on the couch when you have a dog like Fitz.
1: Right. Absolutely. Or, uh, you know, my second dog, which was Odysseus, you know, he was (laughs) six pounds, and so if there's a foot of snow on the ground, he is under the snow, but he still wants to go outside. Like, how, how do you find... Things for your dog to do in, you know, ill temperature.
0: Well, and that's, I mean, that's uh, what I hope to provide with some of these trainers that can, and some of the nutrition specialists, a lot of people are going to come on and talk about what enrichment is and how important that is because recently I've had many discussions about what enrichment is and I've learned that 15 minutes of licking actually equals an hour of playtime. Huh it's it's like a way to engage their senses so that it works their brain mentally so that they don't have to exert it physically so we're definitely gonna have some people come on and talk about enrichment and that will be a really cool thing um, we just got some licky mats and topple toys which um, you basically fill up with treats and pastes and all kinds of goodies and then you freeze them and then you just Put them out for the dogs, and then they just lick the mats, and they get a treat at the same time. So they're being mentally stimulated, as well as actively stimulated at the same time.
1: That's cool. Artie would love that.
0: Well, you know what? I have an can... extra one. I should bring it over next time. Sweet. <laughs> They've been um, really interesting. I was I was kind of worried about how Fitz would react to it. I was worried that he would like chew it up or go crazy. No, oh, he loves it. He absolutely loves it. And of course, you know, Toby, my Toby, little potato Toby and, dog.
1: <laughs> Toby and licking.
0: Just. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing too, is that both of my dogs self-soothe,
1: mm-hmm. which
0: is a thing that not a lot of people understand that when your dog is licking, it's not necessarily a bad thing. And it can be annoying and it can be frustrating, especially when you're hearing that licking constantly. But when, they're, when my dogs are doing it, and oftentimes when a lot of other dogs are doing it, as a regular method to go to bed at night. They're self-soothing like babies do. They're helping themselves relax so that they can go to sleep at night. Fitz used to lick my feet before he would go to sleep. Now he switched to his own paws. That's a lot better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Quentin Tarantino dog over there. <laughs> yeah, I
0: mean, it's definitely been an interesting... He's definitely the most intense dog that i've ever had i mean cajun was like the perfect dog but he was also that dog that i got in my 20s when i was 23 and had no reason to be getting a dog at all right but i think a lot of people understand and relate to that situation i know we have a couple of guests that will be coming on that are in that situation right now and one of the episodes upcoming will be us pairing a trainer with a young owner who's still in college to help her fight some of the battles that she's having with the dogs
1: I couldn't imagine having a dog in college
0: right (laughs) and not just one she has two
1: Mm.
0: I mean it's just one of those things that I think that people don't think a lot about when they get a dog For me, it was a total accident when I got Cajun. I had gone to PetSmart to buy cat litter for my cats, (laughs) and here's this dog at this PetSmart charities that had not interacted with anyone and was barking and crying and whining and like up at the cage, like being totally spastic. And the lady was like, "He." really seems to like you. I think you should get him out and play with him. I Man, I, You guys Girl. probably won't let me adopt him. And she said, it doesn't matter. As long as your landlord will let you, ad- you pre- pet-friendly community, you can absolutely adopt the dog. So I got him out. I played with him. I walked him around the store. And I put him back and I said, I need to think about it. So I thought about it. And I got my cat litter. I could hear this dog crying all the way across the store. Turn around. I went back. I needed a checkbook. We're talking like early 2000s here. Okay. So I needed a checkbook. So I called my friend who had a spare key to my apartment and she went to my apartment, got my checkbook and drove all the way to the other side of Orlando because I lived in Florida at this time with my checkbook so I could adopt this dog. (laughs) And, (laughs) you know, also early 2000s, he came with a bag of food, bowls, and a kennel. But... Cajun had to be reverse kennel trained because he'd been kept in a cage his entire life. So he ate, drank, peed, and pooped in his kennel. And let me tell you, (laughs) that was a whole big ordeal. We're going to do a tribute episode to Cajun um, on his 10-year death day. And um, we'll talk all about the crazy antics that that dog put me through um, and all of the things that he... Went through in my life with me because I had him for 10 years. Um, So, you know, 23 to 33, it's a good long span of time there. You met Cajun like right there at the very end of his life. Yep. Yeah. Because Ollie spent the night at our house a few times with Cajun. Mm -hmm. And then Ollie and Odie and Toby were three best friends. And we're going to do an episode and bring your lovely wife, also my friend, in on that episode. So we have, we have a lot, I think, to offer and a lot more to come. And I really just am excited to just share everything with everyone.
1: Awesome. Very cool.
0: Like I said, we have so many stories to tell. And we have everything from, you know happy rescue stories to pet loss and grief and how to deal with it. We've got trainers. We've got nutritionists. We have the whole gamut. Hopefully, eventually along the way, we'll get some veterinarians and some other vet techs involved. But mostly, we just want a podcast that everybody can relate to. So tune in next week and we will continue to bring you all of the great things and all of the bad things about owning a dog.